Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Here we are. Good morning, everybody. And welcome to uh, Post Lester, Baradi and Coke. I'm sure we've, we're all in... Relatively high spirits, gentlemen. But uh, how are we both doing? Have we both had a good weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very good weekend. Good, good. And, yesterday, uh, yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, yesterday? Oh, yeah, yeah of course yeah. he did. Sorry, mate. Yeah, I was I was, I was, was just saying before you came on, Carl, actually, that I feel a bit ill this weekend. And I had a few drinks Friday, uh, obviously. And uh, I felt a bit sick yesterday. I'm not, I'm not usually one to... I mean, I get hangovers and stuff, but I know if it's an hangover, but I was sick yesterday, physically sick. And I sent a picture to my mate of, of, of my actual sick in the toilet. He said, what is wrong with you? I'm trying to eat my breakfast. Um, I don't know why that's relevant. Anyway, but we'll uh, we'll run an intro and we'll get into a bit of talk about the Leicester game. Hi, this is Don Matteo, and then you are listening to the Auto Know Better podcast. Let's do this. <laughs> you look like fucking Brolin, you're a Leeds hating bastard. Like some sort of fucking weird floating head. No. <laughs> you tentle player a bit, innit? I mean, I feel a bit right, dickhead. Nothing spectacular, really. Nothing spectacular. And I always do this, and, and, and we're going to have to change that last statement that comes from Jay because every time we go live, I just repeat what Jay says because I think it's it's relevant. Because if we have been if we haven't been spectacular, it's relevant. But if we have, it's like the polar opposite, so it gives us a talking point. But yeah, very very spectacular end to to Friday night, I think. And uh, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Let's start first things first. Um, lineup, Stuart. Is it is it what is it what's to be expected of of, of Daniel Farkas leads now? Um, are we becoming a little bit? Obvious, I suppose, with our lineups, you know, it doesn't tend to change things up at the minute. He's the classic don't change a winning team kind of manager, isn't he? He's very much, I hate to use this word because Jesse ruined it on us, but he's very much a kind of a vibes kind of manager in terms of when the players are playing well, don't ruin it. You know, keep that momentum moving. Maybe momentum more than vibes. Let's not use vibes again. Yeah, maybe momentum. But um, so yeah, a lot of managers all that. Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Christensen's. Christmas and poster boy celebrating a corner. Yeah, he um 
<laughs> he very much is very much just picked the same team if it's winning. If the lads are doing well. Although I think after the Leicester game now, he's got a couple of question marks. I think because the lads that came off the bench were very, very good. So that, that'll make him have to think about things, Connor Roberts specifically. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And, and the difference between, you can be predictable, I think, but I suppose it's, <laughs> I suppose it's like... Um, Saying that Pep Guardiola sides are, are predictable as well. They're going, yeah, but they're still really, really good. You still have to be yeah. better than to beat them. And that's that's the, the the issue other teams have with Leeds this year is that you know a team is going to be picked, but it's a very good team. So you've still got to go out and try and beat them. And most teams can't. No, I, I mean, I completely agree. And, and, and we, we've proven now, obviously, over two fixtures this season, we've beaten arguably the best two. The other, the best of the rest in the league. I think, I think, I think we've all, the only time we haven't proven that is, is against Southampton. And and look, Cal, there were earlier on in the season there was there was question marks about Daniel Farker, uh, and 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 not not from myself, but I, there was there was obvious questions being asked of him at particular stages of the season when we'd been through, um, you know, that tough run at Christmas and 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 even a bit earlier on in the season as well. What, at what stage? I mean, surely the questions have all been answered. I think so. Um, I think his credentials in the championship speak for themselves. Uh, won it twice. He's now got the highest win percentage of any championship manager uh, since they've started recording Optus stats or something along them lines. Um, I think I was I was kind of on the fence a bit when we were about to announce him, I'll be honest. Um, I think a lot of us maybe were because of the, the performance and, and record he had in the in the Premier League. Um, but when you look into the, the, the facts behind that, you know, they spent 25 million in two seasons in the Premier League. You can't expect to spend that money and, and stay up. Um, everyone knows going up that the Premier League is it's unbelievably competitive in the bottom bottom half. Uh, whatever about the top half, you need to be realistic as a team where you are and what the squad is and everything like that. And I've always said that the bottom six and the top six, uh, the bottom six of the uh, Premier League and the top six of the Championship, there's very little between them, very little between them. And I think if you can measure your performances on how you get on in the in the Championship, it's usually a good yardstick to where you need to kind of go then with bringing in certain types of players in different areas. Um, but I think he's more than answered his doubters um, in the sense that he had one of the most difficult starts to a season where he didn't even know what his final squad was going to be until the end of August. Granted, it was two players that wanted out and Willie was kind of sitting on the fence and in the naughty step, you know. Um, but to say what he's done and how he kept his calm and, and, and a clear head throughout that whole month and leading up to it, uh, I I think yeah you can't really fault him now at the moment. I think he's he's proven what he's worth, and and as if when we go up and we need to back him properly, like yeah yeah I think I think I think that's a fair fair reflection for me. I think and I think as as, as Leeds fans, we, we, we you know at the end of this last season, start of this, we we probably got a little bit of ahead of ourselves. You know, we were thinking more about will Daniel Farker be the right man because we're going to get promoted. We, we you know we were a little bit um, I suppose running before we could walk you know we had we had, we have a job to do in in the championship before we even get there so we need to sort of cross that bridge Joe, do you think do you think Fark has changed anything this season and 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 that's seen a bit of a turn in, in events do you, I, for me i think obviously the, the one thing that it was it, it, that that was pissing a lot of fans off in a word was was his timing of substitutions and things now i think he's probably manipulated that somewhat and actually 
he notices now if a change does need to be made sooner. Do you think that's fair? I think <clears throat> I think he's starting to trust the squad a lot more. I think we've seen um if you going back to the Stoke game, that was when he rotated and it didn't work. And I think when Groove came in, Anthony came in, Nanto came in, it just didn't work in that game. I think he had question marks over whether he trusted the squad. Gellhart earlier on the season didn't do it for him when he gave him his chances as well. And you think maybe he just didn't trust the bench. And I was kind of saying coming into January, you either either he starts using his bench properly, or if he's not going to use it, then he clearly doesn't trust the personnel that's on that bench. And you need to get him a better bench. You need to get him better players so he can he can utilize that better. What I think we've seen since the turn of the year is, is players have come in. Willie has come in when he got a run of games and, and did a job. And Anthony's been good in, in moments in the second half of the season well Groove's come in and been phenomenal in midfield and I think now he's starting to look at that bench and thinking yeah yeah I do trust these lads a bit more and then the players that have come out can't get back in so mm. he's got Dan James on the bench we know he trusts Dan James he's got Pat Bamford this weekend on the bench we know he trusts Pat Bamford so all of a sudden he's now got a bench that he can use a bit more and I think I think he likes to leave it as long he trusts the team on the park so like it gets to 70 75 minutes and I'm like I'll, I'm saying this now but I will be the same person shouting on television at 72 minutes, make it, make a sub, make a sub. But at the same time, he likes to give them as long as they can to fix it themselves because he trusts them. Against Leicester, I think he saw, we need a spark here. It's not working right now the way it is. He makes the changes, all of a sudden, that spark kicks in. Um, so I think it's it's horses for courses with him now. I think he starts, he's starting to realise there's some players here that he he does trust an awful lot more. But Luke, going back to the start of the season stuff, I was one of the people, I, didn't, I, I wasn't a fan at all. Didn't want him, wanted Corbran. I, I very much wanted Carlos Corbran. I wanted an attack-minded manager. I said the same things that you've highlighted. I said his record in the Premier League is shocking if we get back to the Premier League. And again, nearly nearly discounting the championship completely as a season and going, when we're in the Premier League, blah, blah, blah. And I said this on my, on my channel yesterday when I was doing the review. I kind of said, if you can't park your bias and look at the facts, it's a really sad thing to have. Because again, I, I said Glenn Camaro was an average footballer at the start of the season. I said that I didn't want Daniel Farkett in charge. He wouldn't do it in the Premier League. I said all those things. But I'm okay to be wrong. And I'm kind of happy to be wrong because if I'm wrong, it means Leeds are doing the right things. And I'm okay with that. If that is always the case, I'll always be wrong. I am love that. So you can't argue with the facts in front of you. Daniel Farkett has turned this around. I have been sceptical about some of the things he said about the young players. I've been sceptical about his substitutions. But you can't argue with what he's done. And right now, this team is cooking. This team is playing lovely brand of football. Um, they've got heart, they've got character, they can come on back in games when they're behind. You can't ignore it. There are still people trying to ignore this and to, to, to drive home that the narrative. And, and it's, that's the sad bit for me because he is doing something special right now. Will it continue? I don't know. I, I, I still think we'll drop points between now and the end of the season, but I think everybody else will as well. I don't think we go unbeaten to the end of the year. We might. But you have to look at everything. Same with Pat Bamford, same with Ilan Melier. If you can't just say they played well when they played well, that's a, a sad kind of thing to have. I mean, I've seen a couple of people who just keep doubling down, doubling down on their opinion. I saw one guy yesterday who appears to have been mourning Leeds' win over Leicester while everybody <laughs> else is going nuts because it didn't fit what he wanted to say. The first tweet he put out was Melier shit. Before like, nothing had happened, <laughs> Melier had a cracking game. Has had two very big games against Leicester this year. And then by the end of the game, it was like, oh, that was a good result. And like, Everyone else is going, okay, yeah. And he's there going, yeah. that was a good result. Like, dude, seriously, if you can't enjoy the moment, you can't do that. And that's the thing for me. Whatever has happened before, whatever's happened in the past, we've gone through some shit. 
We really yeah. have gone through the shit. If you can't take a moment at the weekend, this weekend, to stop, relax, and just enjoy what happened and enjoy the moment for what it is. Absolutely. Exactly, Carl. Breathe it in. There's something wrong with you. There's something there is, serious there is. wrong with you. Uh, and, 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 and you know what? Just speaking about social media and shit. I, so for those of you who saw I, I, my social media, I got crapped on by a bird on Friday night just before the game. So I'm going to be, go- I'm going to go out dancing under cathedrals before every other game. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Just on social media as well. Obviously we've, We've, we've we've seen a massive meltdown, Leicester Leicester fans. Uh, so so much so that I don't think we've seen from any fan base really this year. We've had a few, we've had a few. Yeah. Uh, but Jay sums it up perfectly. The meltdown on X, um, saying that from where they've dominated. And look, I, we'll come on to talking about actually how the game shaped up in a second. But Jay says here they had forty percent possession um, at, at Ellen Road, which which. It sounds about right, and that's what most teams get. But they looked far better with that ball than most teams that have come to Ellen Road for me. Um, so let's 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 delve into the actual performance a little bit more and a few of the performances. So how I saw it, and and bear in mind I've had, I'd had a few drinks, um, was was that I, th- I felt we started the game quite well, um, but I think the suit, I think Leicester took control probably midway through the first half, and then kept control pretty much right up until about 60, 65 minutes. And I don't think we really had much. Obviously, we had we had, we had had a couple of chances, but I just, I, I felt they they did, they did came and had a game plan and they, and they, they played really, really well. They, they pressed as well, you know, they forced the mistakes. Um, but I don't ever think that they looked leagues above or, or, or that they should have been, was it 17 points in front of us at one stage of the season, I think? Um, January. In January. 17 in January, was it? 12th of January, there were 17 points ahead of us. And by the 20th, 24th of February, it was six. That's mad. Hell of a turnaround. Absolutely mad. That's yeah. what I'm saying. How can you how can you, how can you ignore that and keep saying Daniel Farrakhan is not the manager? Not the right yeah, guy. Yeah. How can you ignore that? Yeah. It, it, when, yeah. When, when the facts are, are really punching you in the face there, it's 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 no, hard to... Sure. No, no, yeah. no, honestly. Yeah. He's, no, he's not. He's crap. No, he's not. Yeah. I, yeah. I just yeah. don't... Like, like you, you mentioned Melier there. He made two big, big, big saves in that game at at one nil. Um, and to say that people are like, "Oh, he's he's this and he's that," like I get, you know, last season was he he did make a lot of mistakes last season, individual errors. But I've said it before, like I I played in goal a few times back when I was playing at home, and you're only as good as the defense in front of you. If if you're facing thirty shots a game. That means your defence in front of you isn't doing their job, and therefore you're not going to save all thirty shots. You know, so I think the narrow mindedness sometimes takes over, like you were saying, Jaron. It's just blinkers on. It's like last season has scared me. Now I don't want Denton at all. No, he's crap. He's crap. And I'm like, give the guy a break. Like he's twenty three. He won't reach his peak till he's about thirty three. I know, right? You know, you know that's the thing. Like, and he'll probably play up until his late thirties. You know, and and be an absolute world beater like but i just think that um with with the 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 state of all that and their fans last night or yesterday even it's a guy there saying i i reposted on twitter he said oh ipswich gave us a harder game and i was kind of looking at it and i just retweeted it and i was like put the two games against leicester and the two games against ipswich and i was like but you said they'd give you a harder game yet we've absolutely thumped g over two legs and you have nothing granted they were you know they were the better team for a majority of the game 
on on Friday night. But people people are quick to forget we had three guilt edged opportunities in the first ten minutes. We could have been three one up at half time. This is the other side of the coin. If our finishing was more clinical, like Nanto should have hit it first time instead of trying to cut back inside onto his left. He was on his favourite right foot. I this this is the one thing I I kind of from a coaching perspective I don't understand is like you have an outside of your right foot as well. You don't necessarily have to try and hit it with the instep. Use the use the outside of your foot. Um, Piro should have put that header in, and then uh, the 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 other one Piro had. My mate said it was on his weaker right foot. My opinion is if you're a professional footballer, you don't have a weaker foot. That's that's just my opinion. I've I've always kind of stood by that. I've always any coaching sessions I've ever done, I've done full coaching sessions where each player has to use their weaker foot. And it's yeah. just that that simple. Can't be blaming stuff like that, especially not at the level he's playing at. Should be putting them away. Twelve yards out. But, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I agree. are you talking about the DACA chance here? No, I'm talking about Piro. Oh, sorry. An even better option in that in in that particular instance was actually to square it to Somerville, who was totally unmasked. But or, d- or let it run across your body and hit it with your left foot because it was yeah, moving. Yeah. Just let it yeah. crawl across and have a go at it. But yeah, yeah. I agree. And I think somebody mentioned. I think it was. I think it was Bren earlier on mentioned that if he was going to make any changes moving forward. So I think probably the negative he t- took out of that game was was actually Joel Piro. Um, I don't know if that's. I mean, do you think it's fair? Do you think, would you agree with that? I think. I think obviously he, he offers something completely different to what Paddy Bamford offers, and, and we've, we've said this all along. And, and we, you know, no matter how how much we we drill it into us, he's never going to be what and do what Paddy Bamford brings to the t- brings to a team. He's a completely different option and a different style of player. Now with Paddy, obviously being not being a hundred percent, he is our only option other than Matteo Joseph. Now, if you put Matteo Joseph in over Joel Pirro, what does was that to say to to Joel Pirro? We just spent twelve million quid on our whatever it was, um, and and you know how much further could that dent, dent a man's confidence? So I understand why Pirro's playing, and I actually don't think he's as bad as what we expect. I think the expectation often outweighs reality with him. He's you know he's got he's got eleven league league goals this season already. Yeah. Um, for a player that's not doing that well, I don't think that's a bad return. Yeah, um, we we saw how long it, it took Rodrigo nearly two seasons to settle in before he started finding a bit of form. Obviously, he was being played out of position a little bit similar to the way Piro is as well. I, 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 I'm not questioning Daniel Fark, but I don't, I don't buy this. He's not an out and out striker thing. I, I think if you're a striker, you're a striker. I think it's as simple as that, you know. Um, but we do. I said I was on Joe's pod last night, and I said it there. I was like, we do play completely differently when either Piro or Bamford are on. Um, Piro isn't a bad player by any means and he hasn't got bad overnight it's just his role seems to be a little bit different to the way he expects Bamford to play I don't think Piro's as effective at running the lines and finding space in behind the back you know in the in the channels and stuff like that I think he needs the ball to feet I think he's more of a Becchio type of player where he needs the ball to feet back to goal playing it off and then trying to turn and spin in behind. I think he's more similar to Becchio than anything else. But when Bamford comes on then, Rutter's got the freedom of the park. And we saw that on Friday night. He, he was marked out of it. Couldn't really get anything in a forward motion himself in Somerville. As soon as Bamford came on, two centre-backs occupied, done. Different style of play altogether. He's on the ball far more. And it's, it's, I think it's worth... 
It's worth noting Leicester did a real good job on Rutter until they yeah, came on a real good job. They neutralised yeah. him completely. Um, but just 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 going back to back to the Piro then. Did, earlier on, obviously in the season, Farker did the, the press conference that lasted nine or ten minutes about why why he was a number ten and why we were playing him a number ten. But you say there, you see him more as a as a Becky or type number nine, which is interesting because I think Furpole were uh, sorry, not Furpole, bloody hell. I, I mean, it can play anywhere, but I think Piro. <laughs> Would would work better in a front two, an actual front yeah. two. <clears throat> I yeah. Or a false nine, Sorry. as a false nine, yeah. even maybe as well. I think that's probably his natural position as a false nine, where he has a bit of freedom to drop in. He likes to drop a little bit as well. But I, I the other issue we said about Joel Pirro as well, and and maybe it's because of his big Dutch head that we don't realise this. He's twenty four. Yeah, he's really young. I didn't think he was that young until I actually looked it up. I was like, Jesus, he's three, only a kid. Like he's 24 yeah, years yeah. of age and he's had some incredible seasons behind him already. He's only going to get better. I said at the start of the season that I, di- I didn't think he necessarily fitted how Daniel Farkett likes to play. He'll still score goals because he, he is a good striker, but he's a striker. And I completely agree with Carl. You're, you're a number nine or you're not a number nine. You know, maybe it's, it's a nine and a 10 up front like Becchio had with, with, with Beckford, but the problem he has now is that nobody plays with two up front anymore because you do that you sacrifice a man in the middle of the park every other team's going to play three in the middle and then you've got your own problems there the other thing as well is he doesn't occupy centre backs the way Paddy does Paddy will sit on the last man and will stay as high and even this part we we give out about Paddy when he gets caught but he he didn't get caught against Leicester with no offsides but Paddy will go offside will literally go behind the defenders so they have to go keep looking over their shoulder like where where is he because you know he's going to pop back out at some point Paddy will go offside deliberately. Joel Perot doesn't do that. He likes to go wide. He likes to come short. He doesn't press as quick. His activation for pressing isn't as quick as Paddy. I think one of the things I noticed in the first half where it was, there was players close to him at times where you'd hope he'd just make a little sprint and go and press the ball. And he kind of just tries to shadow them into, a, into an area. But Paddy will make that run into them. Like, I still think if we go back to the Premier League next year, Leeds needs to go and look at it getting a, a proper number nine. Because, again, Paddy will have injuries. Paddy will have off days as well. I don't know if Piro fits this system just yet. He will learn over time. We've seen, and I'm again, I keep saying this, don't just gotta be so careful not to keep writing players off so quickly. But again, what Rodrigo has done as well, like player that was playing as number 10, gets his first season as a number nine for Leeds and he's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, tons of players in the current squad, Dan James, loads of players, you could say were written off, you know, and have, and have got better and got better. And I think Daniel Farker will mould um, Joe Pirro into the striker that he needs him to be and he'll learn he's still young he can learn the big thing for me is going to be with Joe Pirro can he learn can he adapt can he change his game and he's going to have to do that if he wants to be a top stri- a top striker and he's got all the aspects to be a top striker he is a good finisher when his head's you know clear or when he's when he's confident but he might need a couple of chances to get again it goes back to the Bamford stuff we had the last time we were in the championship he needs two or three chances before he puts him in the back of the net somebody else made a point might have been a square ball made this point they would have said um, he scores when Leeds have scored so when the pressure's kind of off a little bit to break the deadlock, that's when he scores. And maybe he's feeling the pressure. You know, look at Conor Roberts' celebrations when Leeds scored. Look at the comments he made about a big club. This is my first big club. You know, what a comment to make when you're on loan from Burnley. Um, but it is. It's massive. It is massive. And there is a huge amount of pressure on any player that comes into Ellen Road. And it's a heavy shirt to wear. And it is. That Leeds jersey is a very heavy jersey to wear. Some players have thrived in it. Some players have buckled under that, that shirt. So he needs some time. Leeds probably should have gone out and bought an absolute number nine as well as him. I agree with the point you made about Matteo Joseph, but I think Joe Piero has time. I think he offers different aspects. I think when he's come off the bench for Leeds, he's actually looked very good. I think, again, maybe when the pressure's off a little bit. Um, but I trust Barca to, to deal with him and help him and, and help him to grow, and he'll get better as time goes on. He's He is a good... He, as you said, Luke, you don't go from being 
you know, 20 goal a season striker in the championship to a bad player overnight. It doesn't happen. You're not the main cog in the wheel anymore. You're just one of many cogs in the wheel. Yeah. You've got to adapt that game to fit that style. And um, he'll get there. He'll get there. You're on mute, Luke. You're on mute, yeah, I completely agree. Sorry, I was uh, just sorting my dog out. So yeah, I, uh, yeah, completely agree. Um, let's let's start with what what I felt. I mean, it's not so much of a negative. We'll get those out of the way, and we can start talking about you know the, the the real positives from Friday night. But we we almost expected Junior Furpo to struggle against a good winger, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, and 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 I felt he did struggle a little bit. I still didn't think he looked as bad as what what potentially he could have done or as we expected. But it was quite apparent that. He had his number. Was it Mavadidi on his side, I think? Or Fatawu, I can't remember. One of the two. Fatawu, yeah. yeah. I thought he was okay um, at the start. I thought he started really well. I really did think he started. And I've been, I've been very critical of Junior Ferb over the last couple of years. Um, I, I've said out straight, I don't, I don't think he's a good defender. I think he's very good going forward. I think he's a very good wing-back. Very, very good wing-back. Um, but I did think he started the game quite well. And I think then just in the second half, he had that little wobble where he nearly gave a ball away where they ran through, clean through on goal. And then he fell over. Then he kicked the ball out of play. Then he was meant to receive a pass and he missed it and went out of play again. And I just think his head maybe went a little bit at that point. Uh, but again, it was, a, it, it, it was a lot of pressure at that moment in the stadium as well. You know, so, but I think it was a mixed bag for him. But I thought he started fine. And I, and I think he's okay. it was going to be his biggest test because that's that's a Premier League winger he's coming up against. And next year, he's mm. going to have to deal with that if we do go up. So, But I thought it was a mixed bag. I wouldn't say he had a bad game. And I would definitely not put any the any the goal. The goal we conceded, but we wouldn't stick it on him. I don't think they created a huge amount from his side either, which is unusual because usually the ball's around the outside of him. They seem to come down the other side or through the middle. So um, yeah, it was a, it was a mixed night from. There was a couple of furpoisms towards the end of getting taken off, and his reaction to getting taken off was interesting as well. He got really annoyed and he smashed a water bottle into the ground, and people were saying it was directed at Daniel Farke. It wasn't. It wasn't. That was for sure with his performance, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was pure frustration. That, that he, I mean, he went off. We leads one 0 down. So, and you're okay with that because that shows he gives a shit. That means shows he cares yeah. about this. You know, smashing that ball on the ground and going. You know, that's him annoyed at himself. Frack has said it after the game. He came straight over to him afterwards and apologized. No need. Really? No need. You felt it, me. He's he's very slowly turning into a very, and it's I mean, it's quite contrasting in the comparisons we made over the last last year or two. But um, very slowly turning into. A likable guy, you know, yeah, an, actual, yeah. an actual fan favorite, and people. Uh, I mean, look, he's he, he's always he's always going to struggle against somebody uh, defensively. Um, that that you know, against a good side who can open him up a little bit. He's, he's, he does lack pace for a left back as well. I feel, but hey, it's Junior Firpo, and what a great time actually to bring in Junior Firpo's biggest admirer. Oh, he's gone. Oh, it's got that. It's just like, gone. Oh, he's oh, back. He's back. back. Junior Fairport fan club, Mr. Joe Wayman. How are we doing? How you doing, mate? Sorry, right? My son, what? This is going to be a struggle. Because when he sees me on the mic, it's game over. Um, just John, just Joe, Junior. Yeah, yeah. Right, there we go. Right, now nah, this is going to be a struggle. I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, we'll just take him out for a sec. We'll come yeah. back on to Furpo because I know how much Joe, Joe loves Junior Furpo. But um, mm. let's move on to a couple of positives then. Look, f- first of all, the result. I mean, what, what a result, firstly. Um, did realistically either of you see that coming at 1-0 down at that stage of the game? No. Honestly, uh, no. I was sitting on the edge of my sofa, kind of just, I'd gone from sitting back on my sofa and I kind of just sitting on the edge of kind of going. It's going to be a set piece. It's going to be something we need. And, and they kept getting chances. 
And then you're thinking in your head, this is the first half of the season again. It's where we, we just didn't take our opportunities to get ahead and now it's going to come back and bite us. But when they start missing some chances, you start to think, well, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, because they missed some, they missed some big, that is one that he, yeah, straight from the goal. What was he trying to do with it? Yeah, and then Mavadidi's one that he bends around the post. And then Elanelia makes two massive saves as well. Two really mm. good saves. But when the goal went in, Luke, I said that on my channel yesterday, I've had a couple of tough weeks with work. I've had a couple of tough weeks with my health. <laughs> And talk about the stress coming off my shoulders, man. There was nobody yeah. in my house bare my dog for the first goal. And I lost it. I in the middle of my floor screaming at the TV. It just I, it was the manner of the goal as well. And then from that, from that moment on, it was like, we're gonna win this, we're gonna win because we just didn't stop. We didn't stop. And there was another thing that got me as well. 70 minutes into the game, Leicester time wasting. 83 minutes leads a two-one up and leads are still bombing forward looking for a third when they should have been going into the corner flag. So um yeah, it was it was it was a tough one. Someone said I was very emotional on Joe's channel. I was I was straight after the game. I was very emotional on Joe's channel the other night. Because it was it was yeah. again, it's that heart and that character and that, that bottle that this team seemed to have. Like they 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 had a couple of bad moments in the game. They could have buckled and they didn't. They kept going, they kept going, they kept going. But um no, I think when we were one nil down the way it was going into the seventy odd minute, it was like, Yeah, this is probably gonna get away from us. And then then it didn't. It didn't spectacularly. Yeah. So I was I was I was watching uh, I was watching in a pub uh, in 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 Leafy Suffolk and literally like there's there's the odd Leeds fan but it was it was just a pub full of people and there was only really me watching the game and I was literally as soon as we scored I literally jumped up I made it half of the pub jump out of the skin um, it, and the reason I watched in a pub is because I had an absolute nightmare thinking I was going to be working I didn't get a ticket and this is the second time it's happened this season so I don't know if it's a bit of a a bit of a superstition but the two games that I've really wanted to go to that I haven't been able to make I ripped switch at home and and Leicester at home so do I do I, do I do the same for Southampton or do I go and enjoy myself I don't know we'll probably be up by then hopefully anyway well I'll shut up in the car talk but real quick talk about superstitions I was sitting on the sofa I had this year's white shirt on me watching the game and went what a halftime went no this isn't working and I've got my black variety jersey and I went upstairs and I put on the black variety jersey because every time I've worn that we've won it's like no that's going back that's going on back down the stairs and sat down and, uh, and then the missus came in and she was like you weren't wearing that earlier on I was like no things weren't going our way I got a bit superstitious <laughs> like, well, you have to wear that for the rest of the season now don't you I was like yeah do you know what? Right, I was at the game, and when when we won the game, I came home and I was I was a bit steaming. Jay dropped me home, thankfully, but I looked at exactly what I had on, down to the jacks and the socks, and I was like, "Right, right, that's it now. That, I'm not a superstitious man, but you're staying clean for the rest of the season, and that's that's the bottom line." It's <laughs> like, nah, can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, at one nil down going in into eighty minutes, I was I was sure we were going to get our first loss of home loss of the season. I was, you know, I'd, I'd prepared for it, and I thought, you know what, so be it. We'll we'll react and we'll uh we'll we'll still we'll you know we'll come out the other end. We, we, we've had we've had those we've had those happen those results happen before, and we've you know we've turned it around and and whatever else. So I was convinced. I was convinced that I was I was and I, and I made peace peace with it at that stage, and then. What 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 a goal by Conor Roberts! First of all, what, what why he had no right to be in that position in the box on the edge of the six yard box as a right back. He had no right to be there. Um, yeah. Took it really really well, and and the celebration. And like you said, Jerry, he's uh, he's mentioned it on social media that he's it's the first big club that he's ever been at. <laughs> um, he's not so, going back, so, is yeah. <laughs> nah, I, I don't think he's fancying going back to live in Burnley anytime soon or, no. or, or walk around their shopping centre. If they've even got a shopping centre, I don't know. I've not seen Burnley. 
Uh, probably not a lot, to be honest, because nothing is exactly as the way out in Burnley. Just the way in and the way out of Burnley. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, one all. I, 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 my, my emotions completely flipped on its head, and I was like, "We're going to win this now." And I, it just felt like a game. And, and Jay, you hit the nail on the head there when you said we actually carried on going forward, even at two one up, and we should have sat. You know, probably brought a couple of couple of defenders on, sat back, held the ball in the corner. But it just, just I think it just goes to show the attitude and the belief that's in that in that squad at the minute. And you know, Ampadu walking down the tunnel, that was a huge, huge, you know, absolutely huge, mocking, yeah. a, a mocking Maresca. Um, it's just, day. well, yeah, it's just fuel, wasn't it? It's just fuel. I, um, again, I said this all weekend. You don't give a team any other reason to win outside of three points. And he did. Nah. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, it's the same. Uh, I think we're seeing it. Uh, throughout the top four bar Fark, we had uh, Russell Martin calling his players out on, on Tuesday night saying that there was no fight and no spirit. And then two weeks prior, he was saying that they went on such a long winning streak and he can't understand how they're not miles ahead of Leeds. Psychologically, that, that, that doesn't bode well for a squad when you're trying to lead them to promotion. That's just like, you can see it's starting to play on them a bit. Um, and I, I think uh, yesterday as well, he refused to shake uh, opposition players' hands when met a beeline for the ref. Um, it, he's starting to crack in a big way. And I think, um, like I said it on Joe's last night, I think Hull will beat Southampton in the playoff final. Oof. That's that's Oof. my prediction. I think I think so. Like Hull, are, Hull have got momentum now at the moment. Granted, they only drew with West Brom yesterday, but that's still a promotion that's rival that they're 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 drawn with which is a good thing it's not a loss and i, I genuinely think pardon on their day west Brom can be a very good side as well yeah absolutely and and whether they're home or away i don't think it really matters i think as long as the team is putting in a performance then i i've i've every i i genuinely think that rossonieri has done a a, a great job at hull um i i think without a doubt they would win the play Rosinia or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> I know you said it right that time. <laughs> Rosinia. That's the Milan, isn't it? Ross, I was yeah. Milan to Rossinieri. Rossinieri. I did, yeah, I was watching uh, watching James on, on the old football Italia there earlier on, the old school. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, that that's how I think that'll go. But back to us anyway. I think uh, Fark is keeping his powder dry. I think one of the, the sneakiest comments that he made all over the last couple of weeks was, yes, I think Leicester will finish in the top two. Yeah. Perfect. Don't need to say anything else. That 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 that, and that alone is is going to play on minds all day long. I think that is brilliant. Without trying to play a psycho psychological game, I think that's just perfect. What do you make of these wild claims that um, Leicester fans are making that they had a tougher game against Ipswich and that we're not the best side they've played this season? Um, by the way, Ipswich and Leicester have only lost ten games between them all season, and four of them have come from Leeds United. Bullshit. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Out straight, it's bullshit. You can say what you want. That's like saying somebody like, oh, am I getting to you? No, you're not. I'm fine. I'm fine. You're not getting to me. I'm fine. I'm not getting to you. Yeah. Yeah, yo, clearly I am. Clearly I yeah. am. You know, really under the skin, aren't 
we are under the skin. But like, I think the funny thing about it is they put us under their skin. We didn't at no point were we going out looking for them. Like Southampton fans, the Southampton stats page put the one out about Leeds not being in the title race. They did that. We didn't. We didn't put that post out. They did that. Leicester fans mocking us before the game. Their fans, their, their players going on social media uh, right before the game on Instagram talking about how the game was going to go on Friday night. They did that. Not Leeds fans. Like Leeds yeah. fans will come after you if you give us a reason to come after you. They've all yeah. done that. Leeds did. Leeds were just getting on with their job. We were doing our own thing. We were plodding along. We were trying to get the automatic, the automatic spots if we could, but we were focused on promotion. We weren't focused on the league title. We were all saying that most of us were saying all year, Leicester have the title. They've been the best team all season. They deserve the title. You know, Ipswich have been brilliant this season, record setting pace, all this kind of stuff. We didn't go after their fan base and their fan base are going nuts now and they're directing it back at us to say, you know, <laughs> uh, Leeds are like, it was Leeds fans. Like, it wasn't. You guys brought this on yourselves. Your managers brought this on themselves. All Maresca yeah. had to say in his press conference was, of course, it's a big game. It's top two. It's the best two teams in the league. It's a big game for everybody. That's all he had to say. All he had to say, but he yeah. doesn't. He has a little dig. You know, Russell Martin's comments as well. He has, he's a little dig. I mean, 80% possession Southampton had yesterday. 80% and lost. Mm. And that's his reaction. Instead of coming out and going, look, it's one of those days at the office, it's Millwall, they're that kind of a team. They can they can they can they can they can nick a goal off you, they can go direct, you know, they're that kind of a team. We'll move on. He hasn't. He's reacted really badly to it. And as as Carl said, calling it was players. Moresca saying after the game on, on um on Friday night, something's broken. This isn't yeah. normal. Like you're going, what do you think of all the times to shut up now? Yeah. But then you've got Daniel Farke, who's just kind of saying, every time we've had a wobble, Farke's taken the blame himself. He's put it on his shoulders and he said, look, doesn't change the goal. Two points a game. We keep moving forward, keep moving forward game by game. Cam is like super professional, but he's been here before. He's done it before and he knows what is needed to do it again because he's done it twice on the bounce. This is the time of season where Daniel Farke's teams have peaked this time. Of the season, if you look at his record of two years, he's got promoted. Joe Wayne will tell you better than I can, but the two years he got promoted, I think they went unbeaten in the last 12 games to get promoted both times. I think one they went one nearly every single game, the second they drew a couple, maybe lost one. Um, he's he knows what it takes. The other two, like I, I, I said this on my on the um, not another Leeds podcast on Friday night, I don't believe Moresco will be manager of Leicester next this time next season. Because I think when he goes into the Premier League and he starts losing more games, because you will in the Premier League, you're going to lose more games. I think he'll get rattled. I think he, he is rattled. He's, sh he's shown what kind of a manager he is. He's a reactive manager. And it happened to him in Serie A. When he went over there, it didn't work for him. Got sacked. Didn't work. And I think when he's losing, he's not happy. He's been in a position all season this year where he can win games and he can be cocky and he can be arrogant. He's not Pep Guardiola. He might try and be Pep Guardiola, but he doesn't carry himself like Pep Guardiola. Mm. Not even close to it. So they're all doing it, you know. Um, funnily enough, the Ipswich manager, McKenna, is probably the one that's the calmer of all of them right now. And, and I think he's done a stunning job at Ipswich. They, they watched yeah. him again to weekend. They play lovely football. They really play good football. I was really hoping Crystal Palace were going to take him away from them because that would have been them. Done, I would have thought. But yeah, yeah. yeah I'd, be, I'd be more worried about Ipswich now than anybody else, to be completely honest. I think they've got the easier yeah. running as well. But they, as I said yesterday, again, they have their own kind of pressure. And that pressure is don't lose. Don't lose. Yeah. Because if you they're lose... Leak. Yeah. They're yeah. leaking goals as well. Uh, like the, the yeah. like yeah, I mean Rotherham pushed him the other night. Yeah, they're conceding all, far so. too many and and expecting these late charges all the time in games. Like, we're, granted, we had a late charge on on Friday night, like, but that's not the norm for us. Like, we we try and have some form of a lead uh, and and control the game as quickly as possible, but they just concede left, right, and center. And I think 
McKenna, like you said, Ger has done a fine job there. Like he's done it on a, a fairly tight budget as well, by all accounts. Coming up from League One, you know, the promotion money isn't as as lucrative as it, you know, is going up from the championship. But I don't think um I don't think he'll be there next season if they don't get promoted. I think he'll be snapped what? up. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I would say would say about about Ipswich living not far, the majority of people around here are Ipswich fans where I live, and uh, one thing they say is, I mean, I'm not in any way comparing McKenna to to Bielsa, but they have one way of playing yeah. football, and that's it. Yeah. And once teams work that out, which they have been worked out a number of times this season, they yeah. they they they, they, there's, they don't have any plan B. They don't know how to change it up. Um, and and it feels very very reminiscent and. and under Bielsa, we did it really, really well, whereas they're doing it well. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, so yeah. There are, similarities the thing. The, there are similarities between the two of them. Because are, the one big are. one is, can you coach a team to be better than they are? So you've got, yeah. man, and I, I don't, I, I never say that Pep Guardiola is a great coach. He's a very good manager. He's an excellent manager. He can manage big personalities and get performances in them. But can you coach a lesser team to be better than they are? And that's the measure of a really good coach. Yeah. Kerr McKenna has done this, the first season that Bielsa had leads. He took a team from 15th place with minimal additions and made them a top two, a top three team in the division mm-hmm. overnight. McKenna has done the same with Ipswich. He's taken a, a team that was in, in League One and was struggling. He put young players in there. He's trusted them when he plays a certain style and he has coached that team to be a better team. And he's shown that this year. Leicester have a very, very good squad. All Maresca has to do is manage the personalities in that dressing room and get performances out of them. Has he coached them to be a better team? I don't think so. You know, but... Yeah. McKenna has absolutely done that with Ipswich. Yeah, agreed. I, and, and one of, the, one of the, the other things I'd just like to say about about Ipswich fans is like, I mean, Ipswich as, as a club is it's it, it's funny how when they were 10, 12 points ahead of us, it was like, but they're, they're the best which is like now now we're on equal points, better on goal if it's it's parachute payments, Legion United billionaire <laughs> championship billionaires, Legion United only on the same points as little four hundred million pound squad and, and all this. Yeah. Where did get these numbers from? Because it was, yeah. it was at the whole lead squad, I think, is seventy million. The entire yeah. squad is like seventy million. The front like yeah. Did Chris Somerville cost us 40 million? I think he cost us a million and a half, didn't he? Willie Nonto cost yeah. us what? A million? million yeah. and a half as well? Yeah. Where are you getting 70 million pounds from? Yeah, I don't know. Berserk. I don't know. Berserk. I've just got a very quick video to share. Um, based on, I know we've been talking about opposition managers. Lord Ash put this together on Twitter. You might have seen it, you might not. Um, but he's put together a little bit of montage from, from um, different fan pages and things. So I haven't asked for his permission, but I'm sure he won't mind. It's a huge, huge, huge Can you hear that for them. For us, it's one more game. Hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. Tonight, Leeds are taking on Leicester at home at Ellen Road, and this game is massive. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. For us, it's one more game. Leeds United, Leeds United, Leicester City, got it the wrong way around there. Match day vlog, 
at Ellen Road, 8pm kickoff, first versus second, and our hardest game of the championship season. It was always going to be down at Ellen Road, um, lose and there's and a lose an Ipswich win and we're six points away from third, uh, win and we are twelve points clear of Leeds. So um, it's a massive, massive one. For us, isn't defining really. If we win here, we should. Oh, we're, we're up. Honestly, if we win here, we're up. Runaway travels to Ellen Road as league leaders Leicester City tries to take on second place Leeds United in the Friday night football in the championship in a top of the table clash. And what a big game this one is. Uh, to get onto the coaches to go to Ellen Road for the big match tonight against Leeds United. <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome back to another video on the channel. Today is the big one, Leeds United away at Ellen Road. It's For us, it's one more game. The dossers. So, yeah, I never realised how much I look like Tyson Fury until now, you know. Um, I let you have that one. I get that all the time. I let you keep it. <laughs> I definitely don't get that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, look, I mean, it's it just, I mean, from a rescue to play it down, all their fans know exactly what that game meant. And I think, I think that's exactly what he was doing, trying to play, trying to play the, 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 the emotion, uh, and the occasion down, I, sus I suspect. But, but look, it, we've, I, I think one of the, the, the things that's, that's worth noting is, is we've shown that we can do it in pretty much any situation now this season we've reacted you know we, we couldn't win away from home and we thought that was the issue is address that issue now we, we you know we're not we've conceded two go two goals this calendar year in the league two goals in the calendar year um in in almost three months in the league sorry two months in almost two months we're in february are we nearly in start of march um yeah i mean just on the on the defense then look we've, we've, we've got a, a left back who we'd all written off uh, we've got a centre back who's a central midfielder. Uh, we've got Joe Rodon who's on loan, and then we've got Archie Gray who's a seventeen-year-old centre midfielder. Um, and and to, to to have such a good defensive record, I mean, props has to go to the, to not just the squad but also to the coaching staff because no, I, in only now wildest dreams could we have expected to be in this position, at, you know, in this this sort of form and. Um, sort of, how many goals have we scored now? Then is that nine? Is that twenty scored? This six yeah. or something like that, isn't it? Twenty six or something like that. Yeah. Something nuts. This calendar year, twenty. Is it twenty? Twenty? Is it twenty? It was seventeen. When it is it twenty scored, two conceded, and twenty four or twenty seven points. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 the first time since nineteen thirty one. I think that we've been on a nine yeah, game. It's our longest winning streak since nineteen eighty. And if we beat Huddersfield. Next weekend, it'll be a new league record. So even whatever happened to Chelsea during midweek, that's a cup game. But if we be if we beat Chelsea, it'd be in our new league record. But nice to beat Chelsea as well. Yeah, Mr. Dodo's in the comments there. He's uh, yeah, sorry, twenty-seven points, twenty-two goals, two against. Yeah, absolute madness. Hundred percent win record since the turn of the year. Hundred yeah. percent. And and 
just a just a quick one right i know we're all a little bit we talked about superstition there earlier on and 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 jocks and socks and all sorts um i i i don't particularly want to hear any of this unlucky away kit talk anymore i like i want to put that to bed now because we can't blame a kit for our failings <laughs> anymore and we're not we're, we're winning in them now we, you know we haven't won in the blue one yet but we've won in the the fruit salad one and i just i just don't want to see it like Get that negative talk away from me now. Just let's all just pull in the same direction and be like, yeah, sound. Nothing to do with the kid. It's how we play on the day. And just be a bit realistic about it. Like, I, do you know what? Day, although I've got superstitions. Would you look at Jackson's accent? <laughs> yeah. Although I've got superstitions and uh, and stuff, I don't believe in all this fair bollocks. Somebody said to me the other day, you've done it now because I think Southampton were losing it. In fact, it was. It was against, was it Borough they played the other day and got beat? Was mm. it Borough? Leicester no. got beat by Borough. Yeah. Leicester beat by Borough, yeah. No, it wasn't yeah. Leicester then. It was whoever beat Saints. Was it Bristol? Bristol beat them somebody, 3-1, yeah. Yeah, somebody beat Saints over there anyway. Uh, and I tweeted, because Ipswich were losing, as soon as I tweeted, Ipswich equalised and then Leicester were losing and I did That's the same fault. thing again. Yeah, and it's fair. Like as if me tweeting on a on a through the internet on a computer is gonna make any difference in how 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 Southampton attack or the defending team defend a lot of bollocks anyway. Um Carl, right, we've seen we've seen I've seen a few a few bits and pieces online um about the atmosphere being um a myth from Leicester fans, shall we say, up until the 80th minute. Now you obviously in your usual place in the South Stand. I mean, I I know for one that it's that it's that it's absolute cod's wallet, but why don't you just tell us a little bit about how how because I the, the amount of people I've spoken to who went to the game and told me how how Different it felt, how electric it was in comparison. One of the best, one of the best home nights we've had in a long time. Is that is that is that sort of on par with what? what how would you put it? Um, to be fair, I, I I was on with Joe last night, and I I can understand people being a bit critical, but I I try to get the point across that we're burnt from the last year and a half in the Premier League. You know, as fans, we've always tried to make as much noise as humanly possible, but we didn't see an awful lot on the pitch last year for us to be making that noise. And with the uncertainty of how we started and all that kind of thing as well, you can understand why it might be a little bit nervous. But I think to say that it was dead up until the 80th minute might be a bit of a stretch. I think there was plenty of singing, um, probably not. It was probably just the cheese and the south stand that would have been singing mainly that I could hear because I I can't hear the the the, the cop whenever I'm in the south stand. But um, I I don't think that the atmosphere was as bad as people are making out, especially not as bad as the Leicester fans are making out. I mean, like the way you the way they're talking, you'd swear there was no Leeds fans in the stadium and it was just a behind closed doors game, you know. Um, but the uh, from the minute we got that first goal, it like I. I was out of breath from celebrating. I was like, I was standing there and I was like, my cardio is absolutely in bits here. I need to sort this out. Like I genuinely, I was standing there and my hands were on my knees and I was just like, this is not good. Like, this is not good. And and I think um, that just shows that even on, on our bad days, we're still, you know, we back the team. We, we know what's going on. We, we, we just see it as it is. And I think we're, more realistic about what we're like as a fan base than than most fans would like to be about their own. Um, Leicester yeah. with their happy clappers and their plastic whatever else and this and that and singing sections and get in the bin with all that. Like you know what I mean? Just make a natural atmosphere, no goal music. Do it the, the old school way, and then if you can do it like that, then 
fair play to you, but I haven't seen many teams do it like that. No, no. Mr. Dodo said his old man could hear the stadium bouncing from the Chir from the from Chirwell Hill on the at the 85th minute, which yeah. leads me that quickly onto this other video, which I'm sure you've all seen. Um, that I just want to share from a absolutely beautiful. It's honestly it's 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 eerie, it's that good. Um it's the uh I'll have to find it, so just carry on talking. I, I thought I had it up, but I've moved off three miles now, away. So, um, three yeah, miles three, away. Yeah, that's it. Sure, uh, that doesn't give you goosebumps. goosebumps. Yeah, just while you're uh, looking for that, Luke. Sure, um, because I haven't watched a home game on the telly for for quite a while, a, a league home game. I'm like, all right, stop bragging. No, I'm not saying <laughs> it in that sense. It's just to kind of get a bit of like, because like you do have people saying it was dead and it was quiet and it was this and that. How how does it sound on the TV? Like, does it like are the comments justified or what's the? Well, there's you, you've got to get past the commentary team usually, which is a they're pain in the arse on Sky. And there was a horrible comment made about not a horrible comment, but a I, I, I'd say a casually racist comment thrown out about the Dutch by Sky commentary at the weekend about like create some of comes from the country that invented pure uh, total football, but they also invented the clog. And you're like, the dick comment, isn't it? The dick comment from Sky. Yeah. Sky, no, they're going to get a certain chant every time they're at Island Road. And as far as I'm concerned, the audio is turned down. The only fans I could hear for portions of the game were Leicester fans. And I mean, you could hear nothing else at times. And that, I mean, but if you looked at this, what you were seeing was the South Stand singing, you were seeing scarves going, you were seeing the cop going, you couldn't hear him, but they were moving. Yeah. Like, so if that's not dialing the audio down, I don't know what is, you know, but um, they had to put it back up by the end of the game. Like, it wasn't, there was nearly a moment where you could, the sound clicked back on, like, all of a sudden, no, nowhere. No it was, it didn't build, it was just it was an instant thing. So, um, I didn't think it was flat, I didn't think it was flat at all. I thought it was definitely a nervy. Mm. night and you expect that like there was anticipation there there was moments where it did get very quiet because you know you're focused on the game because you want to see Leeds turn it around and I don't I don't yeah. buy it for a second look lesser, lesser fans are no fans to talk about atmosphere they have a manufactured yeah. atmosphere and even at that it's yeah. a crap manufactured atmosphere Carl's already said about the happy clappers they've got these little cardboard things that they have to give their fans to shake every week to make a noise yeah. you know anyone who has a singing section or a drum you know, we're we're yeah. recruiting for a drummer. In Why? Because you have no atmosphere. You have none. So no, look, it's yeah. bullshit. Let's go back to that atmosphere. I found the video. Let's get this shared because if you haven't seen it, it is absolutely unbelievable. This is three miles away from Ellen Road. Audio up, lads. At the end, then as well, like it's, oh, some uh, noise in it, some noise. Savage. Um, savage. Yeah, as soon as I saw that video, man, I was like, wow, like you just don't appreciate, I don't suppose, actually how loud it is in there uh, and how, how that noise that noise carries because you, you're either in the, in the stadium with the atmosphere or watching it somewhere else, you know what I mean, on telly or in the pub or whatever. Um, yeah, 
Unbelievable. Um, what, Mr. Was it you said what, since somebody said that they watch it on um, the LU TV because they don't turn the volume. They, I've lost it anyway. Somebody says they watch it on. Oh, there it is. Yeah. I, what, there it is. And the noise was amazing. So I'm assuming, yeah. obviously, yeah. that. They are doing it, Yeah. Yeah. They always um, have. Look- it, it's been a noticeable thing, like, depending on the team that's playing, but particularly us, it, it is a noticeable thing. Like, well, I, I, I sat down and watched. Because I wanted to see them lose yesterday. I watched Manchester United and Fulham on the television. Yeah. And I mean, talk about a difference in the tone of commentary. I mean, every time they had a half a chance, then like Tom only put a ball about 20 yards wide. But as soon as he wound up for it, the commentator was screaming, Back Like it was going in the top oh, yeah. corner. And they're going, and we get clog comments from that douchebag looking after the Leeds game. You know what I mean? And we get Don Goodman and Andy Happy Hinchcliffe giggling away in the background to the little in jokes that they have. You know, that crap. That's what we get. But then you watch the Southampton game and the commentary theme is, is is all, you know, balanced and even and giving it loads for both sides and the atmosphere is coming through the speakers and then Leeds play in Allen Road and the sound is turned down and we've listened to those two idiots talk about what they did in the car on the way up to the game. You know, it's yeah. it, it, it's a crap from Sky. I mean, I didn't agree with an awful lot of what Massimo Cellino did, but kicking Sky out of the stadium, I 100% agreed with. Yeah. And I'd like to see Leeds do something again because it's ridiculous. It's, it's embarrassing with the way they carry themselves. It's on. Uh, that was on par with the Liverpool ban in the sun as well. I think. Um, yeah. Any anything like that, where uh, they're they're clearly being deliberately derogatory towards the club with stuff that they say, and and like the one thing I don't get is right. They, you can always hear it is the the, the Jimmy Savile chants, and they're always loud on TV, yeah. but yet nothing ever happens. We sing. You know, I don't I don't agree with a, a lot of the bad shit like but we sing some you know response to it we're the ones who are getting fined like but yet the, the volume isn't up enough for anyone at home to hear it it's only up enough for Leicester fans to hear it because of where the t- main TV camera is you've got all of the radio in there as well and TV commentators and they're always going to pick up more of the Leicester chanting than they are of the Leeds one because it's in the same bleeding stand and the echo to... just reverberates yeah. yeah do you think about that Carl as well is there was a rule change brought in this year that was they were going to penalise clubs for what they called tragedy chanting. If what Jimmy Savile did isn't tragedy, you know, a tragedy thing, what he did to people, I don't know what, what is. Yeah. But they were going to find clubs who were caught doing it. Yeah. I haven't seen anybody be fined for what they, for the Jimmy Savile chance this year. And every single no, game, we were... home or away, every single game we have to listen to it. Oh, you know, And we were fined for singing, you, we can see you holding hands. Yeah. yeah. That's what we were fined for, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know, double, double standards, yeah. absolutely shocking. Like, yeah, yeah there is an agenda. But like I said, my, my missus is trying to get her head around that she, she she keeps referring to Leeds. She's trying to get into Leeds, and I keep saying like, you have to come over and feel it. She's like, I don't know. I watch you, and I think Leeds gaslight you. And I was like, well, they do, but that's just being a Leeds fan <laughs> because you go through the shit. So when I, when the good things happened, Jesus Christ, is it worth it? It's worth yeah. it when the good stuff comes. Um, yeah. So she's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I could, I could do this because she's very te- similar temperament to me. She'd lose the plot, but. Like even she kind of looks at it independently and kind of goes, I mean, there's an agenda there, isn't there? Like you can see, yeah. it does. We're the EFL cash cow, right? Oh. Where everyone's biggest. I mean, look at every time we go to Blackburn. Blackburn are like, yes, you can have the entire side of the pitch, the yeah. whole stand. You know, <laughs> take the whole thing because we'll fill it. You know, I keep saying if you've got an empty stand, give Leeds fans the tickets, we'll fill it. You know, yeah. our away fans are incredible. I don't get to go to. I've never been to an away match, but I have. But I was in the Reading end. Twice, um, then <laughs> because I got free tickets, I was trying to not be, and I worked in Reading, so I was trying not to be a, a, a Leeds fan that day. But I saw it live. The Leeds, you didn't have an half and half scarf, did you, Joe? Huh? 
You didn't have an half and half scarf with Yap Stam on one side or anything like that. Or those things that ground them, them and people that support individual players are what's wrong with football. You know, those the, the Ronaldo fans who follow him ever and the USMNT accounts, all those oh, kind of things yeah, are the worst it. parts of football. But um yeah, look, it's the way fans we have are incredible. It's an incredible support. The fan base in general are, are incredible. I mean, I have to sit in Ireland and watch the games on TV, but I still have a huge amount of pride watching Ellen Road when, when when the fans really get behind the team. It's they're an incredible crowd and they deserve respect for that. But the crap that they have to go through with Sky and other fan bases is, is is embarrassing, you know. And Sky need to sort themselves out. I wish somebody would usurp Sky as the top, because it's turned into banter TV now. You've got like Sky Sports News is like Cockney FM, like it's just, it's ridiculous, right? And then you look at the the Soccer Saturday as well, and some of the takes on it, you know, the revisionism on on Sky Sports is incredible. Especially Gary Neville, he's in mental for changing his opinion halfway through a year and pretending the first opinion never happened in the first place, um. I'm not a massive Roy Keane fan. I'm from Cork in Ireland and I'm not a massive Roy Keane fan. But there's times where I just love having him there because he shuts people up, you know. So yeah, I just I'd love to see Leeds just tell Sky Sports, Bennett, you can you can do one. Yeah, no, nah, I completely agree. Uh, the fan zone commentary. Yeah, fan, that, bring was it back. that was class. Bring that yeah, back. That class. Bring it back. Yeah. I give it to I give it to Wayman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Imagine. Yeah. Imagine. Um just on, on TV though, I think I think Wednesday night we're on is it ITV four or something silly? Mm. Against Chelsea, I think. I think it's a real bizarre channel that we're on there anyway. Um so going down there, Joe, where do you stand on I mean, look, we'd all love a good cup and we'd all love to beat Chelsea. And we know Daniel Farker will probably play a relatively strong squad because they want to go toe to toe. Where do you stand on this in the position we're in now? Within the league and the cup, I suppose. Where, where? I mean, we 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 know what the prerogative. We know where where where, where our priorities. You know, we we know where 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 we've got where we've got to be and what what the what the prime goal is this season. And and realistically, are we going to go any further in the cup? If we do win, we might get the winner of Maidstone and whoever they've got, or you know, we might get we might get scum. Nice. We could get you know another great away day somewhere else. But for me. I would like to rest a few, and and when I say a few, everybody <laughs> for 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 the, for the Huddersfield game. Yeah, I've mm. I've two I've two fears with the momentum we're on right now. The FA Cup becomes a distraction, and the international break derails the momentum. Or we get injuries. Like I would love Leeds to have lots of little hamstring niggles during the international break. The players can't go away. You see every other club do it when it gets to yeah. international breaks. Oh, he's picked up a strain and train, and he's not going to be able to make. He just pulled out. The England team are notorious for lads just dropping out yeah. when it comes to, to Welsh won't breaks. do it though. The Welsh lads won't do it. We got four, of them, and that's the concern yeah. for me. If one of yeah. them picks up a knock, you know, especially if it's Joe Roden and Rampadu, they're so important. And Pascal's not ready yet to come back in, so that that's a concern. So I'm worried about that a little bit. And um, the Chelsea game, I think, a performance is more important than anything else, just from from a confidence and momentum perspective. Leads to to put in a really good performance against them and get knocked out, as long as the performance level is, is good, I think the momentum keeps moving forward then. Yes, I'd love to see us stuff them. And I think the Chelsea on the day are very beatable. They've, they're, they're a bipolar club. They're brilliant one week and rubbish the next week. Um, But I, I don't think we're going to win the FA Cup. I think we can joke about a cup run. We can say that all we want. We always wanted a cup run, but not this year. This year we need to get promoted. And this year we've got a title to chase down. And I'd rather we just had that in our, in our, in our crosshairs and we focused on that. I don't want the FA Cup to be a distraction. And I think if we do get scum in the next round, then, then it does become a distraction because it becomes about that game and not the bigger picture, which is promotion, you know? Yeah. I, I, Michael Brown makes a great comment here. Yeah? Sheffield United reached the FA Cup semi-finals last season and were promoted. 
Yeah, yeah, and 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 JT said this on Joe's show as well about you win that game, it's momentum as well, and I and I do I I get that and I appreciate that. Oh, I, I always just have that little lazy pessimism in me that if anything's gonna get in the way, it's the that's the blip, and I yeah. just don't, I want to yeah. just clear all that crap out of the way and just have a straight clear run at the, at the title. Yeah, yeah, I, I, Kenny, I'm not sure I completely agree with this. I think we've got to get our eggs in the basket before before we before we even consider where what what this squad will look like in a Premier League outfit. Um, again, get where you're coming from. I'm going to the Chelsea game, so obviously I'd love to see us win, but I'd I'd also be more happy to see us be promoted. I think, well, naturally we all would. Um, yeah. I'm sure, but um, but yeah, I'm not sure where I sit on that. I think I think it's a little bit early. A little bit premature to be to be gauging where where, where we're going to be next season. I think I think there's still a lot a lot of work to do, and I think there's still going to be twists and turns. There's going to be times I think when we're still going to probably drop out of that top two before the end of the season. Um, but if I was to ask you all now, where where do we finish this season? Uh, and you don't have to stick by. It. I'm not going to clip it. Just based on current form, um, and it's all right to be wrong. You know, people can say, look. People could say to you, you said we're going to finish first. You said you're going to finish second. But that's where we feel where we are now based on our form and, and what's going down. Where do you think where do you think we finish this season in the in the championship? Carl, I'll start with you because I know you'd lo- you love these questions. Um I I I'm going to stick with top four points clear of Leicester in second place. I'm standing by it. I said it on Joe's show a couple of weeks ago. JT turned around and said that's a 16-point swing we need to do. Well, we're over halfway there for that sixteen point swing. So, yeah, I'm only ten more, ten more for it to get to where you are. Mm. Well, yeah, it's all right. Like it's doable, very doable. This could have rattled the hell out of Leicester. It certainly rattled their fans. So, yeah, Bryn, fuck off. I don't believe in fate. I've just told you that if you've been listening for the last hour, don't jinx yeah. it. Yeah, as far as, as far as I'm aware, players don't watch what we do. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ivan May, Ivan May, who still blames me for Man City winning the title over Manchester United when Aguero scored that last minute goal against QPR because we were in a pub and I was sitting behind him and went, "Oh, that's you guys have won this now, haven't you?" And then Aguero scored and he lost it with me. No, I was behind him, <laughs> um, but he lost and he still holds me. He still blames me for it. He still holds me responsible for Manchester. Like really, like really, we were sitting in the pub and crumbling. Just a word in Aguero's ear. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm, score, I'm in, I'm in score, Dublin, score. in the middle of Dublin. I'm gonna just put it in his head now. I'm, I'm to blame. Um, I've I said top two all year. I'm sticking with top two. I don't care if it's first or second. I would love to see us lift the trophy on the final day. Ultimately, I don't care. I want us to get promoted yeah. automatically. I don't want us to go to playoffs because the playoffs. Um, I think top two. I've said it all year, top two, and I think we'll get top two. And I agree with you, Luke, as well. I think there will be weeks between now and then where we do drop to third. But then I think ultimately, and I think hopefully Southampton keep going the way they're going. Although I watched Southampton yesterday and they are a very, very good side that I'm just not getting any luck right now. They're there. They had a chance to, um, when their subs came on, Rotwell, I think, or brought something, came on and had a great chance to bury it in the bottom corner down the middle of the goal and put the ball straight in the keeper's hands. So they'll go on a run again. Like, I have no doubt. Unless Martin gets completely rattled and it falls apart. But I think if they if they calm themselves, they'll get a run again. And then we've got a good run as well. Leicester have to play Southampton. Um, Southampton has played Leicester and Ipswich. Ipswich probably the cleaner run through. We have Southampton on the final day. But I think whatever happens, wherever leads are, I think getting to the last day of the season, it'll be locked in. Either locked in in third or locked in in yeah. second or first. So I, th- I think automatic. 
Interesting you say that. You think that if you feel they've got a cleaner run through, Joe. Um, I've just opened a uh, a link here that's, that breaks down uh, the final They've the narrowed final the game from... in there as well. Yeah. yeah, so Leicester have got average league position of opponents up to the end of the season is 11.8. Right. Leeds, average league position of opponents, 14.5 up to the end of the season. Ipswich, 12.4. So that, that suggests we've got... I mean, based this is based on current league positions. Yeah. Um, average league oh. position is 12.4 and Southampton, mm. 10.6. So Southampton have got the tougher run, <clears> followed <throat> by yeah. followed by Leicester, followed yeah. by Ipswich. And we've officially, according to the... the um, yeah, I look at it from the top four sides because they're the sides that right now are the games that you need to win because I said it earlier on the season, losing to Leicester or losing to Ipswich doesn't lose you a title. It's losing to... Rotherham and Southampton and sorry yes. and Stoke that that you blow the title on it, but I think now you've got to this part of the season where these are now six pointers. You win and you beat them. Now you've got a gap because they've missed yeah. a week and there's one less game to go. So it's a case of whatever the points are. It's well, it's one less game. It's one less game. It's one less game, yeah. and it's getting harder and harder to, to close those gaps. If you look at Ipswich outside of Leicester, or sorry Southampton, they have they don't have any of the top three teams now between now and the end of the season. If you look at Leicester, they have Ipswich and Southampton, two of the top three, top four. Leeds have got Southampton, you know, um, and then Southampton have Leicester and Ipswich. So from just from playing the top sides, and I don't think Southampton, sorry, I don't think Ipswich have beaten the top sides this year, top four, any top three teams this year. I could be wrong. Yeah. Could be wrong. yeah, and I think I think the, the the other thing's worth noting as well. Whilst we've got a lower average, that means we're playing a lot of teams in the relegation fight as well. Have to beat them. Have to beat them. You know, they're, they're they've the got, harder games, to, I think. Yeah, yeah they've yeah. got stuff to play for. Huddersfield and, and Chef Wednesday away aren't gonna be they're gonna be tough games, man. Yorkshire Derby's, you know, mm. and and both playing all right at the minute, uh, in terms of their, their seasons. They're, they're probably in a bit of form. Um, probably when we wouldn't want them to be really, but um yeah, next week's I, big, I, think, I think next week's big against Huddersfield in one sense, and that's to see what the Leicester game does to Leeds. Does it give us a real fuel behind us to to drive on? Or can we manage the emotion of that game and bring it back down and, and, and do a professional job against Huddersfield? And that's that's a that's why that game is not because it's Huddersfield, but that's why that game is important to see. Like this does a lot of emotion on Friday night. Can Leeds balance that out and go and do the jobs they need to do? It's not over yet. There's still 12 games to go. You know, we've got to still be calm, we've got to keep our heads, we've got to be professional. Again, I've been saying it for weeks, step by step, game by game. Just take it every single game as it comes. Farkett does that. He talks about the two points per game, doesn't talk about the league table keeps doing that we're fine so that's why i think next week's probably a big game just in terms to see where the emotion level is and can leads get focused the less the chelsea game in the middle might actually be a help for that because it breaks up the two you know and it might be a, yeah. a leveler as well so yeah yeah um just going back to to, to to the game really quickly then before we start to finish up who who was your who's your man of the match cal jesus that's um it's probably the hardest one to pick this week because I don't. I felt it was. Like, like we were saying earlier, like the the front line was very much limited to the last ten minutes because they were essentially marked out of the game. But if we're going to look at anyone, I just I don't know. Like it, I don't think anyone stood out in a way where well as go, a unit, didn't Yeah, yeah. I think everyone kind of chipped together and everything like that. And I'd, if I was going to say anyone, I'd probably say. I know Ampadu, he was solid enough. 
um, started bringing the ball out from defence when we were kind of losing it from the short playing out and stuff like that. He just kind of took it upon himself to start driving forward a bit. Um, Archie, for his adaptability, went from right back to left back. Yeah. Um, people say, like I saw a dude saying that uh, your man, Mavididi or whatever his bleeding name is, um, gave him a torrid time. I was like, he's a 17-year-old kid uh, playing up against a bleeding... Con- a professional of about six years who's played at the top level it's like you know give the ch- give the kid a break he's 17 yeah he's, yeah. he's, he's I, not even his position like i felt i felt this was a really really tough one to to, to, pick, to pick him out of the match simply because it was such a it was such a not not even a complete but the, the whole team worked for each other and it needed that for us to get a result and uh, you know there wasn't anybody stood out much i think for me it would probably have been and it's probably going to ruffle a few feathers yeah i thought Ilan melier had his best game of the season mm-hmm. um other than leicester uh away when he made that absolute world-class save is incredible as well um Jer, do you have any different thoughts on who you thought was man of the match i think it's a toss up player of the between... match sorry <laughs> player of the game I whatever they call it. i did at the start of the season got dogs abuse for it but anyway um <laughs> I think it's a toss-up between three that stood out to me. I thought Melier would make some very big saves, big moments in the game. I keep saying football's about moments, and he, he made some massive, he had some massive moments in that game. Um, Glenn Kamara, I thought, was phenomenal in the middle of the park. Just the work he does off the ball and blocking passing lanes and getting close to players to remove options of passes. I think he's very, very good at that. He screens very well. And when he gets the ball at his feet, you're not, you're not, you're not getting it off. I'm just bang, get yeah. it away. Um, and he sent Dewsbury Hall for a duck a couple of times as well, just dropping his shoulder and sending the wrong way. And it, I, yeah. It's lovely. I love that moment. That's his one move that I could watch all day. Is yeah. that little drop of the shoulder? Um, and I thought when Bamford came on, Jorginho Rutter changes the entire game. I thought that's when he came into his absolute peak. So there's three there for me. But I thought for me, I would I, I would have picked Glenn Kamara. Um, Archie adaptability and growth in the game as well, moving across the left back. I saw somebody put a post out saying that Archie has solved our left back positions. Like relax, it was ten minutes. Just calm down. <laughs> calm down. Sure. You know, we're not there. We we need to go by a left back, and we know that. We all know that. Um. But I thought Glenn Kamara was brilliant. I think he's very important to that midfield group. Was is very good in terms of last ditch tackles. But you don't see Glenn Kamara having to make last ditch tackles, which means his positioning is always on point. I thought he was phenomenal in the game. Yeah, Danny from uh, Not Another Leeds podcast says when Archie scored his pants off, he did the form of a caveman hacker. I may have shouted some things about Char- Archie Gray that you're not allowed to say about seventeen-year-olds that you really shouldn't <laughs> be saying. I, 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 there was, yeah. <laughs> There was lots of Archie Gray something 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 said in my my sitting room, but yeah, yeah. good job. It was just you and the dog then? <laughs> she's just on the door and she's like, "You all right?" And I'm like, "No, no, don't come in for a while." Yeah, give me love. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rysel nineteen nineteen says he's loving life at the moment. Uh, been a Leeds fan, but what he's concerned is some people talking about Premier League this early, taking our eye off the ball, thinking we're up already. Long way to go. We can win the league. Um, all fair comments. I think. I think. I think we do need to stay focused. We need to. We need to be going to these teams that, uh, shall we say, lesser, based on 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 league positions, and and actually going and actually not being complacent and not and not turning up thinking we've just beaten the top of the league. You know, we're playing a relegation, uh, a team in a relegation battle, and, and actually putting the same amount of effort and the same amount of meaning into each and every game. I think we've got 12 left now, so 12 cup finals. Uh, we win every game we go up, it's simple as that. It's, it's in our hands now, um, which it hasn't been all season up until last week, um, where actually we're, we are actually in the driving seat. We've had a lot of work to, to do to get here, and I think it'd be a shame to 
take the eye off the ball, so to speak. I don't think no we pun intended. I don't. I don't think we do. I think it's okay for us to be like that. And I actually, do you know what? It might create a pretty nice carnival atmosphere in Ellen Road that that players will enjoy playing in front of. Daniel Frankie will not let these players take their eye off the ball. And if any of them do, they won't be in the team. Yeah. And that will be and there's and there's depth there. You know, if any of the wingers decide to start dialing it in, Dan James comes back into that side. If, if Piro starts to dial it in, Bamford comes back in. If Bamford dials it in, Piro comes back in. There's there's options there now. Um, you got players coming back from injury as well. Pascal back after international break. That gives us another option there. So if the midfielders take the right off the ball, Ambadou goes back into midfield, Stroud comes back in centre back. That team is still strong. That's still a really strong side. So they can't. They can't. The way they've been this year and the way that team is being picked, every single player knows you have to keep your place in that team. You have an off day, someone else is taking your spot. And do you want to be on that pitch on the final day of the season or not? That's the goal, mm-hmm. is to make sure you're there on that pitch the last day of the season, starting that game. Um, these players have lived for these moments. A lot of these players haven't won things. Haven't A lot of these players will be living for this moment. The experienced players, the likes of Liam Cooper, are going to be massive in that dressing room now because he's been there. He's done that. He knows He knows what it was like to get so close under the first season of Bielsa and the disappointment of what happened after that. And then he knows how, how much it felt to get over the line the final day. Uh, sorry, the second season, we won the league by 10 points. So th- those people in the dressing room are going to be very, very important at this point. But Bamford as well, have gone through that experience that are going to be hugely, hugely important. Farkett also, he knows what he keeps saying. It. He's done it before. He knows what he's doing. He'll manage this. Um, it's in our hands. It's in our hands. And if we don't go up, we will only have ourselves to blame. And if we do go up, I've got, there was a video shared years ago. I keep sticking my head. I'm trying to find it. And it's like a 1500 meter race around the athletics track. And there was this dude who was just miles behind everybody who just starts moving. And you can just see him catching up on people as they go around the track. As he gets to the last turn, he just bypasses everyone. And yeah, it. to win. It's like, if we win the league, that's how we've done it. That's that, that'd be how yeah. we've done it as well. But um, Frack is not going to take their, their eye off the ball. And as I said, if they do take their eye off the ball, there's replacements there that can come in and, and step up. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, I think that's goes back to the initial points we made about Farker trusting his squad now as well, which means we're in a good position to actually have replacements pretty much in every position now that we could trust to come in and do a job, you know, from every position on the field. Now, I think we've got somebody pretty much that we could trust come in and, and do a, do enough, I suppose, to get through these games, but also the atmosphere around the club again and, 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 and the feeling and, and the buzz and, and, and that they're actually a group of mates again, similar to the Bielsa yeah. promotion and, and the season that we felt that they were actually a bunch of mates playing football together, not that they were working as footballers and actually become friends. And it does feel like that very much again when you're seeing all these, you know, Wilson's been given a bit more of a free reign with his with his tweeting and his videos as well on social media, which is great to see. Um, it's just a real nice position, a nice place to be in. And, I, you know, I for one can't, can't, I can't remember other than the Bielsa years it being quite like this before. Um, mm-hmm. certainly in my time, um, and it's obviously social media wasn't about when we were when we were up in Europe and stuff. So certainly in the last last twenty years, I would say it's probably the second time we've we've probably felt like this, um, which is which yeah. is really really nice, really really nice to see. Um, Look, we talk about the goals. No, no, go for it. No, I don't want the car wants to, but I want to also do about car stuck in. I know I just I like. Um... Although, like a great finish by Roberts, I'll just cover it quickly. Great finish by Roberts, right place, right time. I think that's the idea with how Fark wants to play with fullbacks. We've seen it with Junior Furpo get that far up and and have a pop. Archie Gray, um, I'm delighted he got that goal, and I just wanted to say say that um, 
the the look of pride on Eddie's face when the camera panned to him in the stand was just it it filled me heart with yeah. joy. Um, just to just to see that that look on his face, it was class. He's had a and, tough couple of weeks. Eddie has. So yeah, that's nice. Yeah, with the family. Um, and then obviously poor old Dan James getting it robbed off him from Patrick Bamford's knee. Um, I don't think look, it goes in if it doesn't hit Paddy's knee. By the way, no, I don't think it does. No, no. you ever say um, it. Yeah, because Paddy came out and he said uh, he asked Dan where he was going with uh, his effort, and he said keeper side. So, you, you know, it's it's not going in unless it uh, it hits Bamford. But I just wanted to touch on those just real quick because because um, no. uh, it's it's a bit of a monumental day uh, weekend for Archie Gray as well. Regardless of the deflections, it's he's a seventeen. It's his goal. Did you see? Yeah. Did you see his interview top. after saying, "I don't care that it wasn't my goal. I'm just happy to win it." The atmosphere says he doesn't ever remember it being so loud in Ellen Road since, and he's been a fan all his life and all that. It's just so nice to hear, and you just, it's just rattling everybody but Leeds fans. Leeds fans are lapping it up, as rightfully yeah. should be, and every other fan of every other club. Also, it's not every other club. It's probably, that's probably a bit harsh. Any other mm. club that's in this promotion battle with us, they're yeah. just crying it in. So. There was two Luke with the Archie Gray goal that I looked at. The Leicester fan who shared the picture, but look where Archie Gray's shot has gone without the deflection. Is like, yeah, it looks like it's going in the bottom right corner. The far side of the goal, it looks like it's going right into the corner. It's like, that's where it looks like it's going. And the rule has always been it's shooter's goal. The shot's on target, it's the shooter's goal. No one has taken that goal away from Archie Gray except for Sky Sports, who couldn't take it away from him quick enough. Like, there's the whole dubious panel. uh, board thing that they have, Dubious Gold panel that decide whether goals are those kind of. But they gave Philogene is Sky Sports decided we're not even going to wait for that. They had some young fella down at the touchline running around telling everyone it was an OG, it's going down as an OG, it's going down as an OG. They could not wait to take his moment away from him. I looked at Live Score, I've looked at Sofa Score, I've looked at all the different apps. Archie Gray's the name on the score sheet. It was mm-hmm. shot was on target, it's Archie Gray's goal. And the, um, the Dan James one, I think everyone was just saying, whack it, just whack it and see yeah. what happens. And I think maybe if Bamford's not there, I think it goes in up to defender's knee either. I think it hits off one of the yeah. two. And I think Dan James is aiming for a smack off like, somebody. Almost ice hockey-esque. Oh, yeah. Sort of. Ping this off yeah. somebody. I'm going to smack it hard enough that if anyone sticks their foot out with this, it's going in the back of the net. So. But he had a belt. And they both got to celebrate, celebrate on his own. And Dan James got to celebrate. So they both got to celebrate, which is nice. Yeah. yeah. Bamford, Mr. Dodo says here, Bamford ran off on his own to celebrate it as a striker. And everyone, everyone ran over with Dan yeah. James. And he was just over on his own to celebrate. You see his comments? Yeah. No, I haven't seen it. He said he turned around and everyone had gone the other way. And he said, I felt like a bit of an idiot. But I'm like, ah, you celebrate your goal, pal. You have your little moment in that corner of the pitch and let Dan and the rest of the lads have their moment. Everyone got a moment. Let them all have it. Yeah. There's a good picture on uh, on on Twitter or X or whatever, and uh, it's just basically Paddy just standing there like this on his own, and you're like, ah, fair play to him. We could take the mick out of it as well, you know. Yeah, absolutely class. Look, we've been on for absolutely ages. I'm sure we could talk about Leeds United all day till the cows come home once and whatever. But um, we all have got Sunday dinners to cook, I assume, and and other things we've got to do with our Sundays. But Joe, yeah. thank you ever so much for joining us. Um, if you yeah, don't already, sure, I'm sure you do. But go give. Jura follow at Leeds United The View. Um, myself, I don't know who's on actually, but but ought to know better. We'll be back on on Tuesday night doing a bit of uh, our main pod and a preview of Chelsea and probably a bit, bit about Huddersfield on there as well. Um, if you don't already, please do like and subscribe um, and enjoy what's left of your weekends. I've just got one picture just to share for you really quickly that was sent in by, um, by Danny. Uh, from Not No Leads podcast, uh, and it's in relation to this 
Lee Fryer's asked me to find that bird to recreate it every game. Uh, it brought us luck. The bird that shot on my hand is Man Club T-shirt. Uh, so Danny's very kindly sent this little meme in. <laughs> I was going to ask, what's her name, Luke? I, that's what I, I mean. The amount of people that asked how much I paid for it and all that was uh, people have got me. They've got me all wrong. I'm telling you. Um, but yeah, we'll leave you with that little meme, and uh, we'll see you on Tuesday night. Thanks ever so much for joining in with all your comments. And uh, yeah, as I said before, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Cheers, Thanks, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you for listening to another Auto Better podcast, the Independent Legion United podcast. You can engage with us via our socials on YouTube and Twitter at the address at AutoNoBetter with your thoughts on the show or subjects you'd like us to discuss. You can even join us live and have your say while we're recording on our YouTube channel for the main weekly show and the Barati and Coke Aftermatch podcasts. We have three years' worth of content you can listen back to, from interviews with former Leeds players and managers to Hollywood stars. Maybe choose carefully which match reviews to check out, though. Remember to subscribe on whichever app you choose to follow us on.